0: and finding new ones along the way. Welcome to the Habit Thrive Podcast, a podcast for women in their me now years. Each week we explore habits, routines, and rituals to reclaim our power and our awesomeness to live our best chapters yet. In this week's episode, Habit Hacks to Manage Your Emotions, my goal is to inspire you to embrace the scientific research and the techniques around your emotional heart health, particularly in these me now years, or I like to say our wisdom years, perhaps some of you refer to it as your midlife, whatever phrase speaks to you. It is both a powerful And empowering time of our lives and I speak to you as a podcaster actually and in this episode not as a scientist or a psychologist but as a habit expert my life's mission over the last 30 years well at least since my early Oprah days if you listen to last week's episode my mission has been to find a more consistent flow in my day and in my life My habit approach has been influenced by my coaching frameworks, my yoga and my yogic philosophy, meditation, mindfulness, and Ayurveda. And absolutely through the life experience of being a woman, I truly feel that we need more conversations about habits from a female perspective more books authored by women and i have to tell you that i'm on it and perhaps that's the first time i said this in this podcast but i would love to do a book on habits but that's another episode Now, I can honestly say that I am finding that flow, that elusive flow, more often now, and it has been through this work with my emotional heart, or what is scientifically referred to by the Heart Math Institute, that contact information is in the show notes, and other scientists as Heart Math coherence. Over the last couple of years I have taken a habit approach to my emotional heart and one of my biggest ah ahas is that one specific technique does not work for me in every situation and for every person in every situation. So this makes sense for all of us because really Our superpower, especially in this information age right now, is being able to decipher what speaks to us, what works for us, what makes sense for us, even in terms of what I'm saying in this podcast episode, what's on TikTok, what's on Instagram, what's on YouTube. Again, no shortage of information, but the skill that we have not been taught actually is how to decipher, to really feel and figure out what works for us. So since COVID, and certainly before, this skill, this connection to our nervous system, and this ability to regulate our nervous system, to embrace our emotions, has become even that much more important. Absolutely essential, I'm going to say, for my health for my body and truly what I've learned and this is why I love doing this podcast because it makes me dig deeper. I am a science science geek. If I'm going to bring a technique to you or I'm going to speak to something, I have done it myself and I have looked into the scientific background as well or the scientific information. But, but what's been really cool in the last few years is science and spirituality has really, really come together. And I think for people like myself and for, I'm going to say probably most of you listening, you like that connection as well. As I come back to having this skill of emotional regulation and this relationship to our heart. Now, let's say the scientists don't refer to our emotional heart. They don't refer to the you know, the physical heart and the emotional heart. That has actually kind of been the way in my own experience I've described it. But having again, dug deep into the science and research for this episode, of course, it's the same heart. (laughs) It is absolutely the same heart. And when we embrace our whole heart, we can become that much more powerful in terms of regulating our emotions and not just our emotions. And this is the stuff that's coming up over and over and over again. But that ability that when we're regulating our nervous system, when we're regulating our emotions, we are affecting not just the people that are you know three to four feet away from us in terms of our electromagnetic field but the people in our house that are close to us and has research has shown as well certainly the prayer research that influencing people across the world so for me I do not need any more evidence that we are all connected I'm just going with it it actually makes me feel really good as well so it i and it makes me feel empowered so truthfully (laughs) all of this used to sound very woo woo to me but i am all about science and so when scientists tell me that they can measure the electromagnetic field outside of us right in terms of being three to four feet and that our emotions can affect people that are that close to us and beyond i feel empowered but i also feel hopeful and quite awesome. So before we dig into heart coherence, I do want to do a quick recap of the physical recommendations for your heart. If you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode, um, we dove into that in last week's episode as well. So yes, physical exercise, I mean, I'm a personal trainer and I'm all about getting that heart pumping. So the Canadian recommendations are 150 minutes per week of moderate aerobic exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. So that's where you are really, really feeling and hearing your breath in that vigorous activity two to three sessions of strength training for all your major muscle groups because as we get stronger, we actually move around with more ease and we're actually able to train our heart a little bit more as well. So yoga and flexibility training every day because yes, your fascia extends through and connects your entire body, my entire body, and it's also in the heart. So it's not just about the breathing and doing the yoga and the asanas but the fact that you are connecting to your fascia in every single breath whether or not you are doing yoga postures but let's just say during meditation and yoga we do perhaps focus a little bit more on the breathing so we have that opportunity to actually impact the heart even uh, even more in the book and i have referenced this book in past episodes as well it is the bible for me in terms of breathing related to yoga so the breathing book by donna farhi she writes the heart lies right on top of the central tendinous portion of the diaphragm and curiously enough is attached to the diaphragm by fascia each time we breathe the heart is massaged let me repeat each time we breathe the heart is massaged at this point as well I'm also going to give a shout out to two interviews and two fantastic books on movement so episode number 31 with Kate Galliott who is the author of Becoming unbreakable how to build a body you love to live in so I'm referencing that for lots of reasons I love her book it's very again if you're looking for recommendations around moving your body staying strong right as you move through the life cycles fantastic what I also love about Kate's approach is that she talks about being a detective detective not just for the physical movement in your body but your emotions and that's what we need even a detective around our breath where is my breath Um, am I holding my breath where can I send my breath how is my breath affecting me the other that I want to shout out right now is episode number 53 and this was my interview with Kelly Howard so she is author of fit active and ageless for life Now, Kelly brings in the adventure side of it, okay? So adventure and nature, again, which is the ultimate connector of our physical and emotional. Again, I'm separating them out. I'm probably going to, this is probably going to be my last episode that I do this, but the physical and the emotional heart. And I love how she brings that together. And holy female power, right? Like when I first was introduced to these women, they did not have a book. I have been following their journey, and it just gives me goosebumps. So again, episode number 31 with Kate Galliott, episode number 53 with Kelly Howard. We have, again, those physical guidelines, okay? So past episodes, again, you can Google it, again, connect with those books. So let's dive into the emotional. I'm going to reference the heart Math Institute. So again that website is in the show notes uh, for their definitions and for their scientific research. Now for those of you who are teachers, administrators, you work in schools and organizations, very often with kids actually you might have used some of the heart math techniques. So that word, that that, uh, institute could absolutely be familiar to you. I've heard it in the past as well and I've used techniques in yoga classes but I actually had not at the time taken the time to go to the web website and dig into the research and that again is why I love doing this podcast. I am approaching the emotional the heart coherence from this place of being in our midlife our wisdom years again which I love realizing now not so much from urgency but I have to be honest here as I'm looking at my heart and feeling like I actually do have the physical aspect, right, the exercise side of it, I I have that pretty covered, but I'm still working on that emotional piece. And so there is a little bit of a sense of urgency with me because of my family genetics, but I don't want to come to this from a place of of fear. I wanna come to this place of working on my emo- emotions and connecting this with my physical movement from a place of power and empowerment. So, what else can I do for my heart health? For the heart health, actually, of my family and my friends as well. One of the biggest ahas as I was again going through the research and preparing for this, is that very often we feel sometimes helpless when we have our partner, a family member, a friend who is going through not just a, uh, let's say a, a heart condition, but pain or a condition, and that feeling sometimes of you want to share but you kind of sit back because, again, perhaps sharing unsolicited advice. Sometimes I get on my soapbox in my family and I kind of take a step back. At the same time, we can connect through this heart coherence with people within a few feet of us. And again, beyond that, Again, depending on what your beliefs are and all of that, but definitely from a scientific perspective, in breathing and heart coherence, we can have an effect on people within a few feet of us so that we can help heal and we can feel that sense of being helpful instead of feeling hopeless. So for those of you who, again, have um, partners and family members who are going through this, simply sitting with them, being with them, having breakfast with them, any of of that, traveling with them, you might be sleeping right beside them. You are sharing and feeling in your heart, breathing in and out through your heart, positive emotions, which again helps me fall asleep. It's amazing. You can share healing thoughts, love, love, compassion, gratitude in as little as two or three minutes. And this is actually kind of cool to play with because you, and I've done this for years, actually, even with my kids, even when they were babies and nursing and trying to calm them down, trying to sink our breath. It's very, very similar. Okay. So that you notice all of a sudden that you're in sync and you're helping you are helping your emotional state and you are helping them just by holding space and being in this space. And when you notice this, right? You notice, um, perhaps their breathing slowing. You might notice their mood changing, their words changing. Now that's motivation for you. I know it's motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing for my heart and their heart. So why does this work? This is where I dig in. <laughs> this is where I'm like, okay, that's cool. And yes, actually I've seen that happen and I've been doing this for years and I've seen it with my when my kids were babies. But why does it work? So I'm going to go back to the Heart Math Institute and here's a definition of heart coherence from their website. In the 1990s, Heart Math Institute researchers identified a physiological state called heart coherence a type of coherence that occurs when our body's systems, our breathing, our heart rhythms, our brain rhythms, and our hormonal response are in sync with each other. They also discovered that heart coherence not only affects physical processes, but also our mental and emotional balance and composure. Their research showed that heart coherence can be self-generated, leading to less mental and emotional stress and more inner security and stability. In summary, heart coherence is a synchronized and empowering state physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, allowing us to become our best selves. Gotta pause there. have to take a heart breath there. I love that description because Honestly, if so, and I've gone on WebMD and Cleveland Health and National Institute, uh, like all over, and I'm like, what is heart coherence? That resonates with me. Now, so you can go onto their website as well, and you can see the measurements, you can see the uh, EKGs, the graphs, you can see the signals, the waves, and the rhythms. Right on these videos, and it's mesmerizing. Now, I will also recommend the documentary Heal. Now, it's on Prime, where the description of heart coherence and heart rate variability, okay, the timing between our heartbeats, again, that you see on that EKG, they will have you motivated and inspired. And I really, really enjoyed Um, Again, seeing that on this documentary, because like anything, when we read something, when we see it, when we connect it to a habit and routine, and when we get a result, all of those magnify within us and motivate us to keep going. And so truly, just to start breathing, breathing in and out through your heart. putting your hand on your heart or even just on the center of your chest I've been doing this playing with this in the last little while falling asleep as I mentioned especially if I'm I have a very busy mind right it's really chattering I bring my attention to my heart I place my hand or hands there and I breathe in and out through my heart love Gratitude, compassion, whatever arises. It is simple and effective, and as a habit, it's habit stacked with going to sleep. And that, again, when I was listening, and I'm going to reference um, probably one, one or two more people and um, situations before I finish this podcast, but one of the comments when I was listening to a podcast where the HeartMath, uh, one of the founders, was being interviewed, he ended the podcast with, really, right, this is all well and good, it's scientifically proven, but we need to make it a habit. We need to put a framework in place. We need to, he didn't say habit stacked. That's again what I'm saying right now. And through all of the information, all of the scientific information, everything on the websites, unless our brain can identify it as a habit and that it looks for it and makes it automatic, it potentially will not happen or will happen less than if we consciously make it a habit so heart breathing as you fall asleep right stacked with falling asleep so that's going to be my first recommendation i did mention two uh two definitions heart coherence that i just shared the quote from the heart math institute and i did mention heart rate variability so i've just started to dig into this um, a little bit and heart rate variability can be affected by the emotions that we're experiencing for sure and is affected by the emotions that we're experiencing much of the research though has been on up until now well in the last few years so definitely looking at heart rate variability again that that timing between the beat of uh, each beat of your heart it's also been used by athletes and uh, for performance, and not just performance athletically, but performance in you know, presenting and speeches and all of that stuff, because it can be measured by our personal devices, uh, Apple Watches, et cetera. And there is some discussion around degree of accuracy, but it does, um, it's getting better and it does give you information. So, again, my interest was piqued on this podcast interview called Inspire Podcast, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Episode 910. It's an interview with Howard Martin, one of the founders of the Heart Math Institute. And the title of this episode is The Incredible Brain Power of the Heart and How to Harness It and again this is not new this is for some of you yeah maybe 10 I I don't know how many years have you been following heart math and perhaps are even a trainer or you bring this into your organization or you heard about it and you're just coming back to it again now and I'm coming back to it in my me now years so, as Howard Martin spoke to in his interview, the timing between the heartbeats is constantly changing, okay, adapting to our movement, to our talking, to our driving, and yes, to our emotions. So we want those differences, right, in terms of variability. It means more flexibility as our heart meets different challenges. And our heart rate variability, and again, research going on around this does decrease with age, And this is where they're continuing um, to dig into. So one of the strategies suggested by the Heart Math Institute and continually being studied is managing and regulating our emotions so that we keep a nice, smooth, coherent, I love these words, and organized, you know, batch of signals and waves between the heart, okay, to the brain, and to the rest of the body so that in these smooth, coherent waves, we are in a more coherent state. Okay, and you're going to notice that again when when I don't graph it out, when the scientists are graphing it out, thinking about love and gratitude and compassion, right? Our entire body functions better. We actually feel more present, more awake, more at peace. Even our vision, our visual field, widens has an effect on our immunity in a very positive way so very different when you look at the waves that are created and the signals when the emotions are anger and envy and any other again frustration any other emotions overwhelm anxiety that come up and so that ability to again be a detective and be able to notice what you're feeling, where you are in that emotional state. Again, the the very hopeful and optimistic is that we can change this and we can change our heart. So how do we manage our heart coherence and our heart rate variability, okay, to strengthen our heart and live life to its fullest? We get better at managing our emotions, creating some habits and some rituals around emotional regulation. And again, we're not taught this. This is not something that comes up in the school curriculum, and it is an absolute ongoing process. But I was just mentioning to someone, actually, just I, I just finished a yoga class. And I'm also, again, listening um, and studying yogic philosophy right now. And I'm reading, listening to through Audible, the Bhagavad Gita, 3,500 years ago and 5,000 years ago in terms of Ayurveda, right? It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. Reducing our suffering by being aware of our thoughts that create our feelings and our emotions, and having the tools, the power, the confidence the habits, to be able to change them. To change our thoughts, to change our emotions. Now, as I make these last few suggestions, as we come to the end of our episode today, if you're looking at habit stacking, positive emotions, number one, first thing in the morning, gratitude, even before you open your eyes. What are you grateful for? Your sleep, your bed, the person beside you gratitude first thing in the morning. Number two, mindfulness as you move through your day. Ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Do I want to stay in this mood? Do I want to stay in this emotion that's actually causing this mood? Or do I want to change it? So you can check in also by putting your hand on your heart. What's going on there? What am I feeling? Now I'm going to mention that in that moment, right, if you identify, right, I feel uneasy, I'm feeling anxious, you can decide. And I like to use a, a physical word and actually snap my fingers and just say switch. It's like putting a light switch on. You're putting a light switch on that emotion and I'm like switch, snapping my fingers. And now I can replace that emotion right? I can go from being, uh, like a big change from sadness to happiness, like I mean that is a big switch. It takes sometimes different techniques with different emotions. So if I'm just feeling uneasy, I'm just like switch, okay I'm gonna breathe in some energy, I'm gonna look outside through the window, I'm gonna draw in the sunlight or I might even step outside, And I'm going to switch in that moment. Now, sometimes that works, right? Honestly, and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) It's like, no, like I'm just feeling yucky here. I'm not able to switch it. I'm not able to snap my fingers. I'm not able to snap out of it, right? Because I can put my hand on my heart and I've been playing with this because there are more difficult emotions to switch out of. And sometimes, truly, you may want to stay in that emotion. You're sad because something um, sad just happened. Someone has passed away. Something has happened that's sad, and you're like, I'm I just need to breathe with this. I need to be with this. I want to be with this. I don't want to switch out of this right now. So, but that's the difference with mindfulness, is that you are mindfully making a decision at that point. Because you can also Right? You can be in an emotion of sadness and gratitude at the same time. There are emotions that can exist at the same time. But unless we can identify them, we don't know. And then we feel it. Sometimes we actually feel it like tightness in our jaw or our neck or our back. Sometimes it's right full out into sweaty palms. And it's like, what is that? What is that emotion? What is that feeling? And simply identifying it sometimes will calm you down and will bring you into that heart coherence, especially if you link it with something like gratitude. It's really cool. If you want to go deeper than that, you're like, you recognize the emotion or the feeling, you can name it, Right? And then you're going to say, I'm going to switch. But if it's not switching, you can go deeper and you can look for that thought. You can look for that thought that is causing that emotion. It could have been started from a circumstance where you had an argument with your partner or a friend or your boss, right? and you're feeling anger, frustration. So when you're feeling that in your gut, you're like, oh, right, that's about that argument I had this morning or even yesterday, right? And you're like, okay, I'm, I found the thought. I found the thought. That thought is creating those, those negative feelings, negative vibration. So I want to see if I can change my thoughts around that. And I find writing this down is really helpful. So you might just write down or you might just think, maybe they just had a bad day. Maybe they're in pain. Maybe something happened to them that day that, they're t- that I'm getting the brunt of their energy. Giving them the benefit of the doubt or however you want to change your thoughts. Maybe they misunderstood me. Anything that, or maybe I misunderstood them. Maybe that's not what they actually meant when they said this. And so you change the thought that went with the situation okay, or the circumstance and you notice how you feel. That is a switch as well. Sometimes again that emotion that we're feeling and this is where I said I'm going to circle right back to the beginning of this podcast episode where I said every situation, not every single technique works for every situation and for every person. But as you, let's say, dig into this, research this, listen to more podcasts about this, you're going to start to be able to draw out what works for you in the moment. And sometimes writing things down right away, sometimes sitting with them and working it through in your brain. So I call that working it on the fly. And I can do that more now because I did a lot of writing about, again, this particular technique. I've used this technique for for a few years now. So changing our thoughts to change our emotions, changing our emotions changes the signals back to the brain, changes the signals from the brain to the body, hugely powerful, hugely empowering, right? And it can actually even be brought back to a simple habit framework. And this comes way back from Charles uh, Duhigg, the power of habit, Q, Routine and reward. Q is the emotion or that tightness, actually, that feeling that you know that you're feeling a particular emotion. I'm going to add right now as well, sometimes we can't find the thought. Okay. And sometimes that emotion is very deep and down and it's in our tissues and we're like, there's no thought. This is the emotion. Okay. So that's a little bit different. I'm not going to go there right now, but I want, I just want to mention that. Okay. So, but that cue is that feeling or that emotion. Okay. Or that feeling in the body. Okay. And that feeling in the body tells you to go look for that thought. That's the cue. The routine is, so what am I going to do? Am I going to breathe? Okay. Am I going to, am I going to do heart breathing? Am I going to sit down and write this out? Am I going to find that thought that created this feeling? And the reward. Oh my gosh, the reward. When this works, especially on the fly. Like especially when you're traveling somewhere, right, with your uh, with your partner and you've had an argument and you're like feeling it and you're like, I'm just gonna run this through. I'm gonna find that thought, I'm gonna replace those thoughts. Okay, I'm gonna change this feeling and we're gonna move on. That is the coolest thing to do. And it motivates you again to try it again and to keep working with it. You've benefited the person, who you are, let's say, having a discussion with, and yourself. So, yeah, at the very least, honest to goodness. If you're like, what, where, what? Just breathe. Just breathe. In those simple transitions during the day, right? From your car, to the office, to the grocery store, between meals, all of that. Okay, those are your transition times. Finally, again, I did mention I had a couple more shout outs. I wanted to give a shout out to Nikki and Jemmy, who I interviewed on her calm method, who also has a book now <laughs> called Calm, C-A-L-M. Okay, episode number 24. Fantastic framework as well, right, to work through because not one framework works and sometimes you're going to end up bringing a combination kind of a fusion of these different frameworks that work for you and that is again really really cool so i hope that i've inspired you to give this a go okay and to research a little bit more for yourself and again to know that you are the expert your superpower is being able to decide within all of this information, right, deciphering what is best for you, trying it, sticking with what works, but also being ready to, to shift and pivot. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And because if you weren't listening, I wouldn't be digging in and I wouldn't be feeling this heart coherence right now. So even as we end this together, as you're listening to this, if you want to put your hand on your heart, I'm breathing in and out gratitude. Again, for this opportunity, for you, for this podcast, where I've been able to connect with amazing women and amazing stuff out there right now in the world. So feel free to continue with your heart breathing as long as you'd like. And have a fantastic week, and I'll talk to you again next week, the beginning of March. Bye for now. If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years, or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365. And make the Habit Guru Podcast your healthy new habit.